Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome back to episode two of The Value Podcast with your host, John Pep. Pep for short, John for sure. I record today with my friend Parker. And instead of a serious one-on-one conversation, we take it into a bit of a different direction. Instead, we look for rather profiles in value, examining the lives of a number of different people and how they are approaching or have approached the value life. So with that, let's get moving. Let's get started. Let's have some fun. Okay. I'll talk to you in a little bit, like in three, two, one. Greetings, everyone. This is the Value Podcast, episode two. Um, I am here with my head of value analytics. Um, His name is Parker, and he is joining us for the episode today as we roll through a series of profiles in value. Uh, Greetings, Parker. Greetings, Pep. I should say John for short, Pep for sure. That's right. Ah, we're doing we're doing quite well here. We're doing quite well. I just had uh, a box of burgers I brought from the office this past Friday. We had about twenty four burgers, and I ate all of them uh, this weekend. A lot of turkey burgers. Mom would be happy. Sounds like value. One might say that's value. One might say not diversity though. Not no much diversification. It's true. Well, I, look, I had a number of different hot sauces. I tried this new, like, Firebird hot sauce, Hotbird something. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. A little bit of Tabasco, some barbecue sauce, honey mustard. That's all the diversification I needed. Uh, no tomatoes, though. No lettuce. None of the traditional toppings. No, 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 no. You don't need that. You don't need, don't that. need it. Don't need it. Uh, in any case, uh, you know, thanks for joining us today. And so for everyone here, if this is the first time tuning in, you know, God bless your heart. God bless it. Uh, thanks for coming. Um, first episode, talk to a friend of mine uh, who's entering the military. And for this episode, we're, some, we're thinking something a little bit different. Um, we wanted to take this idea of people living lives of value. Um, and um, we want to understand their perspectives as best we can as an outsider. So uh, Parker here took the lead and we've sorted a few names that we think um, lead uh, strong value lives. Um, thought we might as well get kicked off here. I don't, for context, I don't know what Parker's about to say, uh, but we're just going to talk a little bit about it, learn a bit more about these individuals and, and why they're special. So uh, feel free to kick it off here. What's, uh, the, what's the first one we got on the list? Thank you, Pep. And I'll just start out by saying we've, we've been hard charging here at the uh, Value Podcast Analytics Department. Oh, thank God. Spent, uh, spent uh, all of about 10 minutes on Wikipedia yesterday afternoon. Thank you. Um, Preparation makes... We lost a lot of good, uh, good grunt analysts out there uh, oh. digging through some names. We are hiring, um, guys. We are hiring for the Value Podcast team. Our yeah, own. after um, yes. after the uh, the circus we put our team through, there are now some some job openings. Um, so anyone who's interested in um, you know adding to our list of uh, value oriented individuals can um, 
can can send us their names uh, offline. Um, considering we're still at the nascent stage of the podcast, where that's right. uh, the that's only right. people who listen are people who know Pep. So um, you that's can right. text Pep some names, and we can we can know where we were off the mark here. But um, you know, nevertheless, I'd love to uh, dig into our first name, Pep, if you're ready. Absolutely, but I will say one thing. Actually, looking at my viewership analytics, um, I had a listener in Russia and a listener in Japan. I'm not sure how they heard about the Value Podcast, but uh, you know they're they must be pretty special people uh, to be tuning in this early on. Um, so thank you for whoever's listening out there. Uh, Konnichiwa. Uh, so I, I, what is Russia? Hello. Do you know? How to say that? Uh, I think Niet is no. Niet. Um, but isn't Niet also mean Russians yes? are Niet welcome to listen to our podcast? Oh, this is your podcast. Your podcast. It's yes. Our episode. Y- yes. Well, yes. It's, I mean, yeah. So so long as there's no meddling with our Facebook page and uh, our next election, I think we we're, we're welcome to all listeners. Uh, God bless. Um, but anyway. So, yeah, yeah, let's get kicked off here. We're a few minutes into the podcast. All right. Uh, what's number one? Give me number one. All this right. Number you. number one. In no particular order, but this individual is certainly familiar with the concept of value, yeah. especially in the monetary sense. Okay. Uh, Bobby Bonilla. Wow. Roberto Martin Antonio Bonilla is a okay. former player in Major League Baseball. Okay. Puerto, Puerto Rican descent. Okay, so that's good. Like Puerto Ricans, love them. Yeah, love them. Value-oriented folk. I'd say so. Uh, cannot believe he had the easiest upbringing, but I, I, I don't know all the details there. Uh, <laughs> Bonilla, Benita played in the majors for about 15 years, from 86 to 2001. And okay. um, he, he makes the list because Bonilla, anyone who's familiar with him at all knows uh, that he parlayed a very, what I would call, above-average MLB career into just an absolute gold mine. Um, so, so, so it started and you know, the year was 1991 and and Bobby Bonilla, he led the MLB in doubles. And when you lead the MLB in doubles for one year, you know, you know what that means. That means the next year you're going to be the highest paid player in the entire major leagues, which is what happened. Wow. So from 92 leading up to the 94 strike, Bonilla was the highest paid player in the league, earning more than $6 million a year. You know, absolutely incredible. Um, $6 for, million. For that, that, was, uh, that was the tops back then. Early wow, 90s. that's crazy. Oh, I man, know. the world changed. Man, has the world changed. We're making almost that much just from uh, our guy in Russia listening to this. That's true. So, um, and, and, but, but the story only begins there. Um, you know, it came a few years later, you know, again, Bonilla, half decent career. I think it was in like six all-star games, three silver slugger awards. Wow. Um, won the 97 World Series with the Marlins. Uh, career 280 batter. So not too shabby, but at the end of the day. Um, the man got paid uh, in the very latter stage of his career. So it was the year 2000. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bobby Bonilla had $6 million, or I should say uh, $5.9 million left on his contract uh, for one year on the Mets. Um, but the Mets, the savvy financiers and fi- money, money ballers they were, they had a uh, – the ownership had an, uh, a relationship with Bernie Madoff. And that account promised double-digit returns over the course of the deal. 
Um, and so, you know, when you've got Madoff, you know, managing your funds, you can, you can get creative with salaries. So if, uh, <laughs> if the Mets are playing with monopoly money, uh, you know, to begin with, they said, you know what, let's halt this 5.9 one year salary left for Bonilla and let's instead pay him 1.2 million every year for 25 years, starting on July 1st, 2011, wow. including, including 8% interest. Absolute genius move by the Mets. Um, you know, really worked out well for them. Um, so we're at, we're certainly right now, now that we're well past 2011, we're in the midst of, uh, of the Bobby Bonilla era of Major wow. League Baseball. So every July 1st, they call it Bobby Bonilla Day. Bobby Bonilla gets paid $1.2 million. Um, from the New York Mets, um, from a year that he did not play for them. Uh, it's wonderful. It's capitalism at its finest. Uh, we salute you, Bobby Bonilla, um, including, Bobby. including this year when he's getting paid more than Pete Alonso and Jeff McNeil combined. Uh, so that's, that's just wonderful. Bonilla last played for the Mets in 99, last played in the majors for the Cardinals in 2001, and he will be 72 years old when he gets his last $1.2 million payment. Uh, that's crazy. So yeah, Bobby oh, Bonilla. I wonder what it, I wonder what his swing would look like at seventy two. Think he still um, got it? I I think he's worth at least half that one point two million dollars. I'd say so. I think that's fair. He might be able to play some single A ball. People are lasting yeah. longer these days. LeBron, you know, he's not seventy two. It might be thirty four, but you know, about we, the same. Anyone who uh, was on social media. Um, this weekend might have seen LeBron absolutely uh, dunking hard on uh, at, at some at some sort of high school middle school gym. That was sick. That was so um, sick. Definitely I was very sick. impressed. Not selfish of LeBron at all. You know, yeah. he's happy to not let his son. Uh, he he doesn't steal the show, right? He lets the kids oh, yeah. play. Yeah, yeah. Um, not, does not hog just the spotlight. Yeah, Never just let him play. Yeah, yeah. LeBron. Uh, that that's just good. That's just good parenting. I remember when my dad used to dunk during my basketball game, so it was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, it was uh, – yeah, my dad didn't do that, and I hated him for it. Yeah. Um, it's unfortunate. God, the things we, we regret. But, man, Bobby Bonilla. Okay, so this guy – I mean, well, a couple things. You know, one, who's the true value guy? Is, is it Bobby who's the value guy, or is it his agent? Is his agent Jesus Christ? How did, he, how did this happen? You I, would almost I, think that his agent is more likely to be – just some god awful sleaze bag. That's true. I'm um, sorry, Jesus. I just went to church. By the way. No, Shit. Uh, maybe Madoff was his agent. Um, he could. Yeah. God, I mean, what do you what do you even say to this? And and it's not even you know. And this stuff has been going on. I mean, yeah. the Nationals owe Max Scherzer 105 million dollars. That's going to get paid out through 2028. Yeah. Um, uh, but he actually has another deal. He's got this other deferred contract plan with the Orioles that pays him half a million a year. <clears throat> I mean, it's, it's, it's wild stuff. I don't think wow. we'll see it again. I don't think we'll see it again, but you know, good for Bobby Bonilla no. getting in while the, the getting was hot there. Yeah. There must've been rules built into place to, uh, to prevent this from happening again. You'd think maybe not. I don't know. Maybe Bobby's just a genius. He's just beyond us. He very well could be. He could uh, be. Those, well, that, know, yeah. Well, go ahead, Parker. I'm sorry. No, I was, I was just going to leave it at that, that, you know, that 91 season where he led the majors in doubles. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I'd pay him. 
Yeah. I mean, I guess yeah, you, know, you command you command a pretty good wage after pulling off something like that. But you know, I'm I'm trying to think in my head, what is this guy? What is he doing every July first? Is he you know like crazy parties with you know might I say strippers or something? Does he celebrate with a good old fashioned barbecue or a nice dinner with his family? I I don't know. What is what is he doing? I don't do know. Think? Those are not mutually exclusive things. Yeah, um, I think I think family oriented strippers would be mighty tasteful. Um, yeah, I'd say you know it's around July Fourth. Maybe he just buys a huge tub of hot dogs and just kind of bathes in it and kind of just sits in it while the sun kind of melts the casing off the hot dogs. And then, wow, um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'd, and then he gets like an yeah. industrial an industrial hose down afterwards. You, that's that's a possibility. I mean, if if it's possible to be paid for twenty five years, is it twenty five years? Uh, yeah, it's uh, 1.2. it's like tw- Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's like twenty four, twenty five. Yeah, I guess twenty five years. Yeah, I mean, hey, right. if you if you can get paid for that long, you might as well have a a hot dog bath. I I heard those are good, and they're they're it's good for exfoliating the skin. Uh, very good, very good. Yeah. Yeah, good old Oscar Mayer. Uh, next time they'll sponsor the next episode. I, I really hope so. Uh, we just, um, anyway, sorry, Oscar. Um, so, Bobby, what a guy. Um, I hope he comes back on the show or comes on the show for the first time. Maybe he'll be our first big guest. Uh, but until then, who's number two you got over there? All right. Yeah, so hopefully Bobby will come on the podcast. I, I have no doubt he'll uh, he'll come across this. Um yeah, check the analytics in a few weeks, Pap. If someone from Puerto Rico listened to the podcast, maybe it was Bobby or his family. Uh, um, yeah. All right. And anyway, so our this number two guest, again, no particular order other than just another great man of value. This guest will not be coming on anytime soon uh, because he's dead. Oh. Nevertheless, we need to RIP in power. Mansa Musa. Musa the first um, uh, it translates to Sultan, conqueror, emperor of the wealthy West African Islamic Mali Empire. Wow, um, that's a lot of empiring. Yeah, a lot of uh, they they had a lot of different names. He was called uh, the Emir of Mil, the Lord of the Mines of Wangara, and mm. the Conqueror of Ganata, and at least a dozen orders others, according to Wikipedia, uh, as of yesterday. Ganata. Uh, uh yeah you know i don't know it's, don't know uh, it's like is. it sounds like ghana i don't know ghana, ghana the point ghana. the point yeah. is this the point is this everyone i first came across this individual in my world history ap yeah, class please. in sophomore year oh. of high school got a five on that test not a big deal dude same um, dude it meant not nothing in college deal. damn it, it. uh no like 200 bucks credit got some college credit yeah uh, but for your history credit you still had to take another history class right uh i weaseled out of that somehow uh i hope arts and letters damn it yeah 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 that no that's the difference here Uh, yeah you 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 pursued that uh that liberal education i did Uh, oh god that's okay regrets regrets. kids that's right if you're listening education's a lie i'm just kidding i'm just kidding just kidding just kidding maybe sort of not really well, thoughts. it's another episode. It's another value episode. Another episode. We can we can yeah. talk about that later. So anyway, mm-hmm. getting back to the point. Mansa Musa is um, the only man recorded in history to have directly controlled the price of gold in the Mediterranean. So 
Um, I mean, I don't know what else. I don't know. I don't know what what is more valuable than that. Um, wow. So yeah. So so Mansa Musa, he was. Um, so let's see what else we got here. Uh, he conquered twenty four cities, uh, each with their own surrounding districts containing villages and estates. During his reign, uh, Mansa Musa may have been the largest uh, producer of gold in the world. Um, Mali, that is, the nation over which he reigned. Right, right. Um, And he was one of the richest people in history, obviously. And Time Magazine has reported that there's really no way to put an accurate number on his wealth. Um, the dude, the dude basically ruined the gold, the gold commodities market. Um, he went on a, pri- uh, a pilgrimage in the year 1324. Um, his procession included 60,000 men, all uh, wearing Persian silk. He had 12,000 slaves. Not wow. cool. Not cool. Twelve. Cool. Slavery. No. Not cool. Not cool. Never. Um, each of the slaves carried a four pound gold bar or four pounds of gold bars rather. Um, and he had, uh, he had all the necessities for the procession. Uh, he fed the entire company of men and animals. Uh, he had 80 camels, which each carried 50 to 300 pounds of gold dust. Um, gave the gold to the poor he met along his route. That was cool. That was, that was very cool of him. It was, um, and uh, he uh, built a mosque every Friday, which, uh, according to Wikipedia, there's a citation needed there, but I, I trust him. Um, and then uh, what else we got? Um, the sudden influx of gold devalued the metal for the decade in cities like Cairo, Medina, and Mecca, uh, caused massive inflation. Um, and then to try to rectify the situation on his way back from Mecca, he borrowed all the gold he could carry at high interest. And uh, I think he just doubled down on all the gold. So that's Mansa Musa for you. Big, big gold guy, big value guy, big swinging hog of the, uh, the Middle East. I wonder at what point it was established that gold was worth something to society. You know, that Not is much more before Mansa Musa. Yeah, I don't know. That's a tremendous question. Um, yeah, it's a good store of value, obviously. It has practical yeah. use, extremely as as strong metal. Almost as good as Bitcoin. Yeah, some um, might say. If you have a gold bar and you don't like the person sitting next to you, you can hit them with it. Yeah, it's true. Um, it is functional. Melt it, functional. Melt it down and make other shit out of it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, wow. you know it's known as, uh, known as Oro. In, uh, Italian. In, in Italian and Spanish, it's beautiful. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just the it's just the global the the great global uh, value store. I think. Yeah. Um, well, this guy clearly knew what he was doing. I'm I'm, I'm looking up here. I'm looking at my personal assistant, Mister MacBook Air, uh, telling me he has an inflation adjusted fortune of four hundred billion dollars. Um, wow. I yeah. don't have. What is that like? I wonder what that's like. That's like if you had that and then yeah. you gave away $399 billion, yeah. you'd still be a billionaire. Wow. Mind blown. Wow. You could. So, yeah. Anyone who wants to know more can go on uh, YouTube, The Legends of History, and watch Mansa Musa, the richest man who ever lived. Wow. Um, not a big deal. Makes Warren Buffett look like a decrepit old uh, child molester. (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, that's that's one take. That's a hot take. It's a hot take, but you know, it's a it's a it's a take that makes sense. Um, yeah, I this is this is blowing my mind right now. Mansa Musa. I wonder if how many generations past Mr. Musa inherited his wealth. You know, are they yeah, like how did that work? Was there like an estate tax? Like, yeah, right. is his, does he know. have does he have some like great 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 like granddaughter who's just a total like instagram just celebrity is yeah like do you think he paid gold bars to get his children into like prestigious universities i he i mean he probably pulled every card he could i mean that's a lot of gold bars i wonder yeah i mean maybe maybe i don't yeah this is crazy stuff here um because you know if he had invested that 400 billion dollars worth of gold inflation adjusted of course uh his uh his his descendants would be pretty well off right now. I mean, where, yeah, where are they? Is you gotta, I mean, someone's, there's a trillionaire out there somewhere. There's some, someone from Mali who's doing pretty well right now. And we don't know. Yeah. I would just propose, you know, I'm, I'm a little short staffed in the analytics department, but if someone wants to, wants to uh, go on Instagram and just type in like Musa and just see yeah. kind of like what, what, what comes up there. Yeah, yeah, that's a it's a good project for our incoming interns. Uh, that's we're right. On the summer interns, uh, but we are welcoming fall interns, twenty nineteen. Um, but yeah, it does sound like Mansa Musa has lived a life of value. Uh, he did some well. He wasn't a very ethical guy, uh, so ethical value not not there. But as far as stored value, uh, it's uh, it's pretty high and arguably the highest in human history uh, that we'll ever see ever again. Yeah, well, he did give some to the homeless, but nevertheless, you're right. And and with that, Pep, I would say that, um, you know, it, I do have some uh, what I would call ethical value oriented oriented individuals who who can't who do make the list as well. So um, that's good. I think that's a good make transition. Sure we have we have all our bases covered here. All right. Well, let's let's head into to Mr. Goldman. Let's go into number three. Who do you got? All right. So uh, the next guy I got is uh, John Dewey, who's a uh, American philosopher, um, wonderful, uh, brilliant man. He's a psychologist. He's an educational reformer. Uh, and John Dewey um, wrote a book called The Theory of Valuation. Wow. Um, this is a strong proponent, strong proponent of value theory. Uh, he saw goodness as the outcome of, of ethic valuation. Um, a continuance balancing of ends in view. Um, and an end in view is said to be uh, an objective potentially adopted, which may be refined or rejected based on its consistency with other objectives or as a means to objectives already held. Um, so, there, I mean, that's, that's con- kind of confusing. So hmm. um, that has to mean something, right? Uh, it sounds like it means something. Uh, this guy's, yeah, he does a lot of things. There's, I'm pulling them up here, dewey.pragmatism.org. A psychologist, a philosopher, an educator, a social critic, and political activist. Um, sounds like a jack of all trades of value. Wow. Good for Jonathan. Parker, may have lost it here. Guys, um, we are having technical difficulties with our team. Uh, bear with us. I play some music. Maybe I'll play some music to overlay this. Wow. 
Back. Can you hear me? I can hear you. All right. Cool. Oh, we're back. Okay. <clears throat> so, audience, thanks for staying with us. We were talking about John, American philosopher, psychologist, educational reformer, uh, and Parker had a few more things to say about his perception of value. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, John Dewey, big, big uh, value guy. Um, one of the... <laughs> One of the primary <laughs> figures associated with the philosophy of pragmatism, considered one of the fathers of functional psychology, and uh, he was the 93rd most cited psychologist of the 20th century. So, um, but at the end of the day, he was seen. He did a lot of a lot of great things. Really advanced our academic knowledge of psychology. Um, but I think what we're most focused on here is the fact that he was a strong proponent of value theory. And, um, you know, which at the end of the day, is to examine how, why, and to what degree humans value things. Right. Um, whether it's yeah. an object or a subject of valuing, whether it's a person, idea, or anything else. Um, and it, it encompasses ethics within philosophy. And, wow. uh, you know, we, we like to think folks like Dewey help keep us grounded that um, to hold values, not just to hold um you know, not just to get paid a million dollars every year for 25 years or have so much gold, you just completely collapse the, uh, the gold market. So it's also about staying grounded and having ethics. Wow. He sounds like a hell of a guy, a hell of a guy um, who could teach us how to seek value in our lives um, without, without a whole lot of money. I, I just pulled him up here on Google John Dewey and how to find your calling the key to a fulfilling life. Huh? Well, this guy really should be on the show. Uh, but yeah. he's about, what 50 years dead. Yeah. Uh, a little more than that. Yeah. 60, 70 years dead. The man had a great mustache though. Um, had a mustache, uh, always seemed to wear a tie. Um, wow. A lot of black and white photos of him on mm. Google images. Something like he's um, before our time. Yeah, he wrote a book called How We Think. Yeah. Which, I mean, what else? I mean. What could that be about? I have no idea. It could be about anything. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to read it, but uh, someone might. It's on Amazon if anyone wants it. Um, the dude, the Dude-ster. Dude-ster. Yeah. Do- Dude-ster. That's right. I'm, 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 I'm pulling this up here. Uh, he defines, let's see. Do we examine the question of how we find our purpose and what makes for a deeply fulfilling occupation? He defines calling as a continuous activity, having a purpose, and argues that such activity applies our natural gifts in a way that both fills us with a sense of aliveness and enriches the lives of our fellow human beings. Uh, kind of sounds like what we're trying to do here right now. This is basically the John Dewey podcast, I think. Wow. So I want to take a step back here. Uh, I want to give a shout out to John Dewey, his family, his friends, descendants. Uh, you know, you really, you, you were the basis for this podcast. I mean, I hadn't heard of you before, but now moving forward, uh, you're an inspiration. Uh, God bless. God, God bless. God bless. Uh, if, if, <laughs> if John Dewey, you know, I think if 
we think about Bobby Bonilla, some of these other individuals. Right. Um, you know, we talk about Mansa, Mansa Musa's great descendants who are probably just on Instagram, showing <laughs> off, just showing off their thirst traps. These, these, these things, these things would make John Dewey puke in his morning. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, you have to think, what would John Dewey say about Bobby? Let's just bring John on Bobby. What, would, what, would he, what do you think he'd say? He would, he say would, he, would he comment? Some... Yeah, would he, what would he be happy? Would he, would he be proud? Would he be, you know, would he want he would... to join the July 1st stripper parties every year? What would he do? I think he would say something like, every great advance <laughs> in science has issued from a new audacity. <laughs> Of imagination. <laughs> Is that a direct quote? Yes. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah, John. He was a thinker, um, and uh, he's a beautiful man. I'm looking at a at a, at a cartoon of him here. Uh, not as flattering a cartoon as he probably would have liked. I'm actually not entirely sure if this is a positive spin on his work, but. Uh, yeah, nah, probably not. I'm going to move back from this one. Sorry, John. Um, <clears throat> look, he's a value guy, and that, that's all that matters. He sees value uh, in the way we live our lives and, and find fulfilling purpose and, uh, and moving towards an ultimate goal. So, so John, thank you. Uh, listeners, listen and read about John Dewey, one of American pragmatism's early founders, a.k.a. deep value guys. Um, Maybe we should move on to the next guy, uh, girl, girl, guy, something in between. What, what, what do you have on the list here? Yeah, um, well, we're a, we're a gender, uh, I don't know if we're a gender neutral or gender friendly podcast. Oh, of course. Um, we welcome all genders. Um, yes. Uh, but uh, and in the analytics department, we're keeping a running list of the pronouns we use. Um, we're currently at about 5,680. Uh, okay. And we'll be publishing that list shortly. Uh, Good. We need to set the record straight. Intern. Yeah, we need interns to cobble it together. Good. Yeah, that'll say that's team effort. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> so uh, I'll give you another one I got. Um, okay. We got, an, we got another athlete on the list. Mm. Say he's on the other, other end of the spectrum from the, from the excess of Benia. Um, if you will, um, uh, this is Brandon Copeland, current player. Uh, Brandon Copeland is a linebacker for the New York Jets. Mm. Um, not on this list because of how much he makes, but he's on this list because of how much he saves, which is key. Save that so, money. Hashtag save yeah. that money, baby. So Copeland played uh, one double A in the Ivy League. Played at the University of Pennsylvania. Go Quakers. Mm-hmm. And um, I like Dope. He's, he's a practice squad player, bounced around a couple different teams. Last I saw, been in the league for a few years now. But he'll be the first to acknowledge that the NFL is not forever. I think he just signed a one-year, one million dollar type type contract. Uh, but Copeland's on the list because he saves nearly ninety percent of his income here in the NFL, um, which is rather impressive. Um, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's really, yeah, doing the Lord's work, only living off of a hundred grand a year. So, not mm-hmm. um, but he, uh, he teaches a class at Penn called Life 101. 
and uh, teaches people how to save, teaches students how to live, how to be prepared. Because um, if we we all know that if if, uh, if people aren't prepared for for what life's about to throw at them, it's uh, UPenn Wharton students. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, they um, probably have no idea. They have no idea how money. much works, how to manage it. But uh, Copeland's yeah, boards work those, out here. That's right, those um, Wharton kids. Yeah, so he had a intern at UBS uh, when he was in college, um, and uh, he says um, anyone can learn from his class, and that he's literally hoarded money. Uh, he says, "quote I'm literally stacking, stacking, stacking," and uh, nearly sixty percent of his salary goes to safe long-term investments, and uh, another thirty percent goes to savings. And he lives off mm. the ten. So. Wow. Uh, model citizen, you, you know, you see, you see, uh, athletes going broke now and again, especially in, in the NFL. Um, Adrian Peterson is recently in the news. I don't know how, how he lost all his money, but, uh, mm-hmm. falling on a tough time. So, so you like to see now and again, an athlete, uh, who's maybe not totally rolling in it, but, uh, he's got a good head on his shoulders. Yeah, clearly. Um, that's a good message. I mean, I mean, in, in short, one might say he's, a uh... He's a value disciple, uh, telling the world, and it starts with the, the students of Warden. Uh, thank God for Brandon. I wonder where his next audience is. You know, praise be to Brandon. I say, yeah, praise be. Yeah, it, it reminds me of a scene actually in uh, Hard Knocks from a few years back. I think it was not with the Browns. May have been right before that. Maybe it was with the Browns. Uh, one of the players was educating some of the other guys. Um, about what, say, $100,000 saved would result in in 40 years if you put in the S&P. And people were stunned. I think we, we do often take for granted uh, the, uh, comp- the idea of compounding interest. It is, some might say, a value magic. Um, it's really just capitalism on steroids. It is. It. it is. It is. Uh, but Brandon Copeland, so he, he takes his, his lessons to, to the hard knocks of, of uh, Warren Finance 101. Um, I wonder where he takes the message next. I wonder if he's been telling the guys in the locker room, like, hey, what, you know, what are you invested? You know, are you a Vanguard guy? You know, you know, what, you, just the S&P? You like Amazon? You think he's an Amazon guy? Oh, uh, buys everything on Amazon Basics. Ah, dude, or is he a Prime guy? Does he see the value in being an Amazon Prime member? Uh, there is value there, but, oh, man, <sighs> Bezos. Uh, yeah. Bezos is probably listening right now. We better be careful what we say. It's true. It's true. We got to be very careful. Shh. Okay, we're good. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I put a little bit of money in Amazon the other day. Uh, I figured why not, you know? I bought, you know, I bought this microphone here for the podcast on Amazon. I'm like, you know what? I see a lot of potential in this. The packaging was good. It was clean. It smelled good. Uh, the logistics are just very sound over here in Texas. Um, I think Brandon would agree. I think Brandon's probably an Amazon guy. He's probably a deep, he is a deep value guy. Uh, and he has made that his life's purpose. So hats off to Brandon for, for literally leading a life of, of teaching value. So this is value by example. By example. This, is, this is value by example. The man lives value. Um, I don't know what, what more you can say. Uh, I don't know. 
I, I wish him great success in the future. Yeah. And, um, you know, you hope that uh, you hope it can continue past this year. He's on a one-year deal. He's playing for it. He's uh, yeah. trying, trying to stay hungry. Uh, 27 years old, so maybe he's got a little bit left in the tank. But uh, it's hard. It's, you know, not everyone can sign a uh, million dollar a year for 25 years because Bernie Madoff is managing your owner's money. Not everyone that- can – not ev- anyone can – can uh, broker such a such a power deal yeah that does complicate things well you know for bobby bonilla's case i hope that brandon is advising him because uh, they're making about the same amount of money except bobby uh uh eats cheetos and uh just hangs out at, at the house while, while brandon is is evangelizing value i mean bobby should jo- bobby should join brandon on these talks i mean that'd be great that'd be great press yeah, that would be that would be perfect. I'd be like, yeah, you can you you know you can be a be a sap and actually have to work for your stuff, or you can just wow. sit in your hot dog pool all day. And either way, you're making a million dollars. That's true. It doesn't really matter. It's yeah, really, uh, very Nietzschean if you think about it. Yeah, we. Oh my God, we got to get Bobby on the podcast. That would be that'd be something special. Um. Well, anyway, DMs. We could. I uh, I've been doing a bit of that DM sliding on Instagram and Twitter as of late. Um, I can't say it's worked. Um, I can't say it's, it's well received. Uh, but you know what? I, I try, I try. try. Hey, that's how you found me. You know, that's right. That's uh, right. We've got uh, an analytics department, a whole, a whole b- a deep bench of analytics talent behind us. Um, just seeking out, uh, seeking out individuals for this list and running countless other, other data, uh, research, uh, number values. Yeah. Everything you just said, that sounds exactly what's happening. Uh, thank God you're leading the squad here. All right, so let's, let's get on to the next guy, Brandon. We love you. Thanks for, uh, for being a leader in the NFL and uh, evangelizing the good news, spreading the good word. Thank you. God bless. God bless. Who's for? All right, we got another interesting individual here. Uh, we, got a, we got a fella named Jonas Pricing. Um, Jonas Pricing is the CEO of Manpower Group. Uh-huh. Uh, Manpower Group is a leading global workforce solutions company, helps organizations transform in a fast-changing world of work by sourcing, assessing, developing, and managing the talent that enables them to win. Um, Manpower Group was named one of Fortune's most admired companies for the 17th year and one of the world's most ethical companies for the 10th year. Confirming the position as the most trusted brand in the industry. There, rather. I'm reading off of their website. Yes. Uh, I have no original thoughts. Um, (laughs) And, uh, yeah, surprising overseas, the operation is, you know, it's a $20 billion company. Been CEO for five years now. He's the fourth CEO the company said in its 68-year history. And... um, you know, other than being an individual who's just been tremendously successful in business broadly, um, he, he presides over the world's most ethical company. Um, so either uh, they paid someone off to, to get that title, which would not be very ethical, or, mm-hmm. uh, or they're the real deal. Um, Prizing's a pretty well-rounded individual himself. He speaks five languages, English, French, German, Italian, and Swedish. Wow. Nine countries across Asia, Europe, and North America. Um, it's not more than me. Yeah, he plays in a beer league, uh, plays beer league hockey um, in the Milwaukee area where the company's based. Wow. I wonder what kind of beer he drinks. 
Oh, I I don't know. What's a Swedish beer? Uh, but, but he's in Milwaukee, though. Yeah, but he's, he's Swedish. Oh, do you he, think he drinks Beast? I, I don't think Beast. I don't, he, he may have a dog. I mean, look, when you're in Milwaukee, you smell the hops everywhere. So I feel like if you're a true value guy and you want the two carbs, you know, you go with Miller Lite, right? Uh, maybe Even if you're Swedish? Like McLeod? McLeod. Maybe. I don't know. Nah. Drink. I that's a great question. I don't know. I don't what the uh, Swede, do, do they drink alcohol in Swedish? Uh, oh, uh, yeah, they gotta. Um, top, but you're just like Sweden. Uh, there's they, uh, Swedish beer, look it up. Imperial stout with maple syrup. Um, oh my god, yeah, Swedish I, beer, beer huh. Wikipedia. Oh, these the, the oh, the cans look hideous. What is this? Here in Sweden, there's a history that can be traced to the late Iron Age. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, they drink mead. That's what they got going on. They drink mm. that mead. mead. Yes. My uh, favorite. Uh, yeah, mead. Big mead uh, guy. Girl. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> so who's all right, all right, all right. so tell us a little bit more about this guy. You know, how did he come up in your search? And why do you think he lives a high value lifestyle? Yeah, so um, I came up with my search because I was looking for I was looking for a business person. Mm. Um, we even talking about athletes, we even talking philosophers. Um, I got a politician coming up here that we can also dive into. Um, but wanted some wanted diversity of, of background here, and uh, you know he's um, he's he just differentiates himself from the field leading not only an ethical company but a, but a uh, economically valuable company. Um, and uh, another fun fact is that out of all active Fortune 500 CEOs, Prizing has been on Twitter the longest. Um, as of wow. 145 days, uh, that's as of yesterday, which is where I pulled this. And I'm not sure if there's someone who goes on Wikipedia and changes the number every day. Um, mm. But if there is, God bless that person and their dedication. <laughs> well, give me... You spell out his last name here? Uh, Prising. P-R-I-S-I-N-G. P-R-I-S-I-N-G. Huh. Well, this is, this is an interesting one. I don't think many of, many of the listeners have heard this. I have not. Have you, have you heard about him before? Uh, pulling it up no, here? No, I had not. Um, okay. One of, my, uh, one of my interns pulled him up, and I said, yeah, I mean, let's, let's roll with it. We got a, he's a nice, nice Swede. I imagine he's an incredibly nice person. Um, he uh, and at the end of the day, he uh, he leads leads the world uh, in, in ethics. So, you know what? What more can you say? Champions workplace diversity. Mm. Uh, as a uh, straight white male, um, fan of uh, of workplace diversity. So, got to get up guy here. We definitely need that. We need that more in business these days. Um, I wonder how they measure how ethical he is as a leader. What, 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 how do you quantify that? Who's, who's doing the surveys here? You know? Let's see here. Um, I'm, sure that, I'm sure that it's a very quantitative and objective uh, way of, of, of measuring this. Maybe it's, like employee, maybe it's like employee arrests. Like what company uh. 
fed the smallest per capita number of employees get DUIs. Yeah, that's um, probably factored in somewhere. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's how that's I would fair. go about it. That's like just a good quick and dirty that I would I would uh, go about looking at it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's probably again, maybe it's just like a whole bribe scheme. Um, mm. Maybe they named themselves the world's most most ethical company. Yeah, um, who the hell, who says that? Oh no, no, we are the most ethical company of all time. No, no, yeah. we are. No, no, you no. What? Well, I mean, I believe it. I don't want. I'm not. I'm not saying I don't believe it, but I'm like, that's a, that's a big claim. That's like saying, you know, I'm the goat. You know, you, you got that's that's a, you know, I, I'm the most yeah. ethical guy of all time. I'm the best guy of all time. It's like the what? The goat. The goat. Yeah. The greatest ethical the, of all time. Wow. Where, where's his? Uh, where's the company base? Uh, Milwaukee. It's based in Milwaukee. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, you know what? There's a lot of good people in Wisconsin, Milwaukee. Okay. I wonder if this guy has any good tweets. If he's what? I wonder if he has any good tweets. Oh. Feel free to bring that up. Yeah. Um, oh, he had a good one on, uh, on July 9th, um, which I think he is his pinned tweet. It reads... Start gratis Ross which is Swedish. Oh, I thought that was Spanish. Yeah, it's uh, Swedish for uh, excellent collaboration, learnability, and entrepreneurship in action. Hashtag wow. ready for work. Wow. Uh, I had no idea the Swedes really took over Milwaukee like that. It, it, huh. We might have just discovered an infiltration. I mean, this is huge. Yeah. Maybe they're they're among us now. If he's if he's communicating with this company in Swedish, I mean, in Milwaukee, I mean, that's uh, I can't say I've ever heard of that before. I think we're gonna have to do another episode about the infiltration of the Swedes. Yeah, that sounds like a cultural invasion to me. I mean, I you know the all, all the Milwaukee you know the Milwaukeeans they like their beers, they like their Miller Lights. They're uh, they're Miller. What, what, what's the not Miller? Who drink? Oh, High Life. Miller High Life. Yep, living the High they, Life. That's all they need. But now they have these Swedish people walking in there, you know, telling them all about their hockey and stuff, and, and talking in the Spanish. You know, it doesn't make sense. But you know what? He's a highly ethical guy. And while I have not heard of him, I trust your judgment here in, in evaluating him as a value, as a value dude. Um, it sounds like he's doing good things for his people for his company and uh, those around him uh, and me. Uh, he's probably changed my life, I'm sure. He's, he's at least changed the podcast in the direction it took today. So uh, thanks for bringing that one up, Parker. Yeah, of course. Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, Good. So um, I uh, – and with that, I would like to – conclude by saying uh check the analytics after the episode and make sure that uh if any swedes listen to this podcast that they are accounted for mm-hmm. uh, and you know stay tuned on that um, i'll make sure to market uh put my google adwords in in swedish in milwaukee and we'll know exactly right. who's watching perfect because everyone's swedish in milwaukee um again his name once more for all the listeners here what prizing uh jonas Jonas, Jonas Prizing. The fourth Jonas brother. Yeah, that's right. But he's more ethical 
and he doesn't leave everyone. He Far... stays with his stays with his people. That's right. Just chilling his brothers. God. Um, God damn. Damn it! I liked. They were so good before, man. The Jonas Brothers. Ah, uh, yeah. When they when they split, three, dude. They went to the year three thousand. When they came back in the time machine, their bodies were all warped. It does it, dude. Them in One Direction, man. All the splits, the boy bands. It's been so. Uh, it's it's been painful. I used to. I can't. I can't go into this right now. It's too much. Too much. Too much. But they're great music, great music. Anyway, can you imagine um, being the Jonas brother who married? Didn't one of them marry like his high school sweetheart? What an idiot! Who married? Really? Yeah. Wow. Is that? But hey, but it might be a high value move for the spirit and soul. You know, Uh, he may. It's got to be a soul man. I don't know. I wonder if she's got a good voice. Wouldn't it be kind of weird? You know, hanging out with your boyfriend all day. And just singing all the time to you. It's like, hey, stop that. Just just talk to me sometimes, okay? It makes you know? me feel uncomfortable. It does. Jo- yeah. God, Jonas Brothers. Uh, let's get back in. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. For, for context, guys, the Jonas Brothers are not value people. They will not be in the value podcast. They do not represent what we stand for. I'm very mad at them. If they get back together, maybe we have a conversation to be had. I'm looking at you, Joe. Uh, God bless you, though. Um, God bless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, next guy. Next guy. Here we go. All right. I'm going to have Jonas. to stop you right there, Pop. I'm going to have to stop you right there because mm. we have talked enough about men and the guys. And That's right. Turn over a new leaf. And with our final person of mm-hmm. value, person of value, we have none other than the great, the goddess herself, Marianne Williamson. Wow, here we go. Marianne we saved the best for last, guys. Marianne Deborah Williamson, born July 8, 1952, is an American author, lecturer, and activist. She's written 13 books, all of which are high in value, I'm, le- I'm left to assume. Mm, uh, yes. Read, uh, or not big book guys. Not big book guys. We're audiobook um, podcast guys. Yeah, That's what so- we do. She's the founder of Project Angel Food, a volunteer food delivery program that serves homebound people with HIV and AIDS and other life-threatening mm-hmm. illnesses. She's the co-founder of the Peace Alliance, a nonprofit mm-hmm. grassroots education and advocacy organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, on January 29th, 2019, she announced her campaign to seek the Democratic nomination for the 2020 United States presidential election. That's she right. Goddess. We worship her. She is not of this world. I don't know if I could have put it any better. Marianne Williamson, 2020, Democratic Party. Um, looks like she is actually a Texas resident. Let's see. Movies, How to Live Forever, and The Gospel According to Jesus, because the gospel is not – that seems a bit redundant. But anyway, um, huh. Okay, Marianne. So how did she come up in your research? Were you just kind of looking through some of the Democratic Party candidates? I'm like, that's you're like Joe Biden, probably not a value guy. Uh, but then you're like Marianne. Yeah. I mean, this is not, you know, it does not need to be a strictly political discussion. Parker, I think you may have broke up. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, you know, I was thinking this does not need to be a strictly political discussion. No, but, it's not. Uh, 
nevertheless, um, you know, Marianne's just someone who I think objectively you look at her and say, this is a woman who has values. She values yeah. America. She values yeah. our children. Um, and she, uh, she's a fighter. Um, she, she was briefly married, but, um, that didn't work. I can't imagine why, because she's just, um, I think she's just married to her causes. Yeah. She's um, busy. She's running for president. Bu- busy. I'd be woman. busy too. Yeah. No, busy woman. Not, not a whole lot of time. There's, you know, value doesn't sleep. That's true. And she's taking it on the road, man. She's, uh, she's in those debates. She really stole the show at the last one. We look forward to seeing what, uh, what more views she can espouse in the next. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and, you know, at the end of the day, she's, uh, she's running on a platform of love. That's right. Can you, um, you know, how, how can you argue against that? Um, I don't think you can. Love. She wrote a book called A Politics of Love. Wow. Uh, she wrote a book called A Discourse in Weight Loss. Um, 21 spiritual lessons for surrendering your weight forever. Mm-hmm. Um, that's gotta be chock full of deep science. Wow. Yeah. I would love to hear some of her weight loss tips I've Been trying a few things myself over here, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that could be it. Um, that might be a good episode too. I think we're going to talk about the value of healthy living and potential weight loss strategies. Uh, a little foreshadowing there, guys, we have a few things coming up, so don't you worry. Yeah. It'll be on the show. Uh, but Marianne, she also wrote a book called a woman's work. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she's 13 books. Yeah. And Big she's a mother yeah. and she's running for president. She's an entrepreneur. She's a humanitarian and an activist. Uh, does she, you think she goes to the bathroom and stuff? What is, how does she do it? That's um, devalue with her time. I heard her 14th book is about how she goes to the bathroom. Wow. Um, yeah, it's called Defecating Through Osmosis. Wow. That's, that's impressive. Triumph and courage in the face of um, sheer busyness. Yeah. I mean, you've got to think so. With some of these people who are this busy and they're on the road and they're activists, humanitarians, entrepreneurs, and they're running for president, you know, how do they do it? You know? I don't know. People say everybody poops, but then you think about these people who are that busy and you're like, I don't know if that person poops. I don't know. I don't I, believe she does. Yeah. Again, I, the details are forthcoming, but it's it's some sort of osmosis operation. Yeah. Well, I look forward to her next book. And it happens so gradually, you don't even smell it. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's impressive. If only I could do that uh, right now, because I have to go. Um, uh, but I'm going to hold on for the podcast here because we're talking Marianne 2020 turning love into a political force. Um, you know, love. You know, at its core, value is love, right? We're, uh, we're finding love and uh, meaning in the things we do and, and the dollars we spend, the experiences we have, and the way we, uh, we do things in the world. And so she's taking that love and she's trying to make it political. Do we trust that? She is – well, do we trust that? You bring up an interesting point. I don't know. That this is perhaps a cliffhanger on which we, we might have to leave the listeners. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to pull up a couple value tweets of hers right now. So I just pull up her Twitter. Oh, they they've got to be good. Um. Oh, here we go. Uh, Marianne Williamson. Uh, at Mar Williamson. Uh, seven hours ago, quote: People are ready for deep conversations, and that's what we're having on this campaign. Um, you know that sounds good. Um, 
It sounds good to me. I don't. I don't know. It doesn't sound good to you. What do you think? Um, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our uh-huh. deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. That's beautiful. Our light, not our darkness that most frightens us. Mary and for everyone and listening, that God was Marianne Williamson. Yeah, she. Uh, who actually? I wonder who coined that one. Where, where's the origination of that quote? I got it written in a few places. It might be on my Instagram or my Facebook, or it might be on a. I don't know. It's somewhere in my, I have it written somewhere. It might be on a note card. I put, used to put it on my wall. And then I said, what the hell is this thing doing on my wall? I'm like, oh, you're supposed to remind people of the lead. That's what we're doing on the podcast today, Parker. We're making, we're making everyone stronger with our, with our profiles and value. We are. Uh, but look, if she's got 13 books, I think we have to at least come out with one now. Shit, we're behind. Uh, I, I want to do it. Yeah, uh, we we'll come up with something. Um, okay. To to do list, write a book. Write a book. So she's clearly pretty good with her time. Um, she's good with her time. She's got a she's got a nice message here. Um, I can't say I know a whole lot more, but it does sound like she is uh, she's a well intentioned individual. Um, but she is in a competitive field of Democratic candidates, so it will be interesting to see how the the uh, how turning love into a political force, twenty twenty Marianne, resonates with the American public. Uh, we'll see how that goes. We'll see. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. We'll see how yeah. it works. Or that's right. Well, I think we got a pretty solid list here. Um, so to run through them once more for the audience, number one, Bobby Bonilla um, played 15 years in the league and is being paid for the next almost 25 from his last contract, 1.2 a year. The Puerto Rican annuity god. <laughs> number two is – give me number two here, Parker, if you could just run Mansa, through them real quick. Mansa Musa. Mansa Musa, the man of gold, four hundred billion adjusted for inflation. Uh, no one knows what to do with that kind of money. I don't even know what to do with a hundred dollars. Sometimes that's impressive, uh, but you can, as we discussed, you can use gold as a store of value, but you can also use it as a weapon um, when you want to hit somebody in the head with gold. Um, good value. Um, three. We got Brandon Copeland. Brandon Copeland. That's right. The great evangelizer and uh, the spiritual guide of the Wharton School and for all of their students. Uh, But soon taking his message to the rest of the NFL and to uh, society at large. Uh, So thank you, Brandon. Some cool stuff right there. I'm going to read some of your material. I need to be better about my long-term investment strategy besides putting everything into Amazon. But I do love Jeff. Jeff Bezos, you're a great guy. Please join the show sometime, guys. We love you, Jeff. Please come on the show, Jeff. Please, 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 man. Number four. Uh, Number four, we got uh, John Dewey. John. The the, the Dewmeister. Oh, Dewey. Dewey. Might have gotten out of order here, actually. But, yeah, Dewey. Dewey's on the list. Dewey. Oh, man. Dewey with his morning oats. um, That's right. And his uh, theory of valuation. Yes, that's right. Everyone look into his theory of pragmatism. Um, is that what they call it? The theory of pragmatism? 
in this case? Um, yeah, you could say that. Because I mean, he's a great American guy. pragmatist? He was. Big education yeah. guy. That's right. Okay. Psychologist, uh, a number of other things, activist, etc. He's got a lot of titles, uh, and therefore he's a deep value guy. Um, after John Dewey, we had uh, Mr. Uh, we had Jonas Prizing. The, Jonas uh, Prizing. The Milwaukee Swede. That's right. The, the Milwaukee Swede. Um, I'm sure they're all very happy uh, that he's uh, started the cultural invasion of Milwaukee uh, from the inside out. So cheese may not be no longer. Um, we'll, we're going to keep an eye on the situation there, but, but we can't take away that he has led an ethical company for how many years now? He's the longest standing CEO of a major Fortune 500. No, he is the, the most active on Twitter. Most active on Twitter. Most, it's basically the same thing. But he's been, it's a big company. We're, we're, we're talking a pretty, pretty sizable company, oh, yeah. we're big town. Billions. We're talking billions. 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 Not as many as Mensa Musa. Maybe not $400 no. billion. But he no. treats his people right. That's and he right. talks to them in Swedish. It's good. I'm sure there's really strong communication in that office. Um, they and then, yeah, I guess it m- must be a prerequisite. And then our final uh, value, value woman, Giannis, um, she took the lead today, Marianne Williamson. She's done a lot of cool things, um, written a lot of books. She's a humanitarian entrepreneur. She's an activist, and she's running for president of the United States. So kind of to conclude, Parker, um, it looks like they all kind of represent the value lifestyle in one way or another. They do good things. They mean well. Uh, they generated good deeds, and um, they have interesting perspectives on how to live. Uh, one thing I'd say a common trend that we're seeing is that these people do not waste time. I mean, there's no time to be wasted with all the things that they're doing. In fact, we don't even know if Marianne poops. Um, we don't so, know if she poops. Bobby we don't know if John poops. Bobby. No, none of them. None of them. Probably they, probably they probably hold it in a lot. I mean, we're talking maybe – you got to think the constipation is high among some of these really high functioning people. Um, we're really getting into some of the details we didn't need to get into here. Um, but I've, I, it's, it's been a thought on my mind since, uh, since the childhood. Um, but that said, um, all very impressive people pattern of, they don't waste their time. Uh, they're very good with it. Looks like they're always motivated by a higher purpose. Um, except for, you know, Bobby, I mean, I guess he's, he's motivated by deep value every year, July 1st, uh, big parties and stuff. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you hear people ask, ask the question all the time, you know, why get up in the morning? And uh, Bobby Bonilla has that question answered for him um, at least one day a year. Um, yeah. He says, I have to get up and I have to go to the mailbox <laughs> and I have to get my check for one, $1 million dollars. $193,248.20. Yeah. And I have to at least make it there to the mailbox, put on my slippers, go get it. And, um, Should be a long walk. That's it. He might do, he, maybe he walk. does direct deposit. Did he oh, direct deposits $1.2 well then, million? Well, then he has absolutely no reason to get up in the morning. Hey, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, Bobby, uh, hats off to you for um, – I don't want to say swindle. It's got a bit of a negative connotation, but I want to say just hats off to you for just such a strong, uh, 
negotiating move there. Uh, not many people can pull that off. Um, and you've got 1.2 million reasons to, to set this world on fire, Bobby. So I hope that you team up uh, with some of our friends here um, and take the value message to the streets. Um, I'd like to, I'd like to say one, one thing, Pat, before we conclude with sure. This. Please. You know, we talked about how successful these individuals are, but just imagine if we combined their forces. Imagine if you took Bobby Bonilla's ability to just collect checks. Yeah. With Brandon Copeland's ability to save all that money. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mansa Moose's ability to just disrupt markets. Marianne's ability to just use love to overcome. Mm-hmm. And John Dewey's emphasis on education. Uh, the world would be a uh, a much better place. Very well said. That was a, a great way to tie this all together here, Parker. Um, I would expect nothing less from the head of analytics here at the Valley Podcast um, and Value Insights because um, I think you're dead on right. There's something to learn from everyone. And obviously, guys, on a more serious note, like there are some jokes said here and there, um, but there is some truth to the way these people live. And uh, – Maybe we can learn something from it. And to that, I say thank you to everyone for tuning in. Thank you, Parker, for the in-depth analysis and research that uh, set the stage for this lovely episode of the Value Podcast. Um, We hope that of the people we mentioned, we may be able to bring someone aboard here. uh, for a brief conversation about how they're they're really doing the value podcast, the value life rather. So living um, the value life. It's a life. Value is a lifestyle. Value is a lifestyle, no matter how you do it. And there's a lot of ways to do it. Uh, here, these were six people, five, six, six, six people. These were six people. Um, we're going to do another profile. Uh, we're going to do profiles and value. We'll do another episode soon. Um, with a different, little different theme. And uh, nonetheless, uh, it'll be teaching lessons about how to live a better life and uh, make the most of our time and our dollars and our experiences. And with that, uh, thanks for tuning in. It's been fun, Parker. It's been fun, Pat. For Absolutely. Sure. For sure. Well, this has been Parker and John Pep. John for Pep for short and John for sure. Uh, tune in for the next podcast. We're not entirely sure what that is. We've got a few ideas brewing here, some special guests lined up, other new ideas on along the way. Uh, and we're going to have a lot of fun. So the next uh, car ride to work, the next walk to the office, the next time you're taking a dump, make sure you listen to the value podcast and uh, stay classy. Uh, I didn't trademark that by the way. I don't want to get in trouble for that, but uh Live the value life. God bless people. Later, Parker. Later. Later. And with that, thank you so much again for tuning in for episode two of the Value Podcast. Um, thanks again to Parker for doing a great job of preparing some awesome material. I'm uh, really carrying this episode. Um, looking forward to episode three. We had a few other ideas. We're looking forward to surprising you once more, uh, but all feedback is welcomed and encouraged and everyone who's provided all of that thus far. Thank you so much. Um, we've really carefully taken it all into account. So 
Um, we're trying to make something special for everyone out there. This is for you. Um, and we just have fun doing it. So um, with that, have a great week. Have a great several weeks. And you'll be hearing from me soon. Uh, but otherwise, hasta luego. See you later. And God bless. That's been the Valley Podcast. Later.